Welcome aboard, Captain. It's Memorial Day weekend. Happy Memorial Day weekend, and welcome back to the Wrath of Khan Minute, the podcast where we talk about Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, one minute at a time. I'm David Stoker. And I'm Chris LaSalle. And we are on to Minute 10. Minute 10 starts with Kirk answering the door, and it ends with Kirk saying, I'm allergic to retinax. What is retinax? What is retinax? Uh, I'm sure we will learn. Yep. Welcome back for another minute, Chris. Hey, good to be back. Happy Memorial Day. Yes, you too. You too. Um, Yeah, so here we go. Minute 10. Um, I I wanted to talk about this uh, at the end of Minute 9 when we we start with Kirk, uh, you know, looking out the window. Everyone loves to look out a window in a movie. Uh, He's looking out the window. um, His apartment, he lives in San Francisco. Yep. And he's looking out uh, uh, across the, the bay at uh, the Golden Gate Bridge in the, in the city. <clears throat> so one of the fun tidbits I, I've, I found is that, that that's actually uh, – it's a painting. Uh, yep. And it's a painting that was used for another movie, The Towering Inferno, back in 1974. Yep. And uh, one, one of the fun things they did, too, was um, – obviously, you've got the background, but they put a couple of uh, uh, models of some – you know, futuristic-looking skyscrapers in the foreground, so between the windows and the, and the painting, to you know, right. just to give the give the scene some depth. Um, so I thought that was uh, that was pretty cool. And a little, uh, I think uh, one of the things we, we haven't really talked about it yet, and we'll probably it'll come up again as as we're going through the podcast and talking about uh, special effects. And uh, it was a budget for the film. Um, the budget was. Uh, much smaller than it was for the motion picture, mm. and uh, partly because I think because of the, the poor draw on yeah the, the motion the, picture. I was going to say the success in air quotes of the motion yeah. picture, but it didn't do as well as as um, as they had hoped. And the budget for motion picture was uh, listed at forty six million. Uh, they did Rathacon for eleven million. Wow! Uh, so significantly reduced. And and, and, <clears> and they be, still had some and they still had some wonderful special effects in this movie. I mean, oh for sure. Yep. But we'll talk about there's, there's all sorts of examples of you know, what they did to cut costs uh, throughout throughout the film and uh, to, to stay on that budget. And this is just what I think I don't know if it's the first one, but at least one of the examples where uh, they, they they were being creatively reusing things in order to dress right. the sets. So one of the things that you mentioned was you know we obviously we see Kirk he's looking out the you know in between sort of this nine ten minute crossover period we see Kirk he's standing there he's got Spock's gif in his hand and he's looking out at the picture that you know we know is a painting and there's all kinds of discussion like what is he looking at and people have said well he's looking over at the Golden Gate Bridge and then there are other people who have argued well there is no Golden Gate Bridge in this picture you know where are you seeing this Golden Gate Bridge and a lot of people are having this big discussion of of what exactly he's looking at? What part of the Bay Area is he looking at? Yep. And I still there's you know people who still say you know he's looking at the Golden Gate Bridge. You know it's 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 not in the picture, but it's definitely that area. Okay. So maybe it's a little little out of out of our line of sight. Maybe it could be off to the right. I mean off stage. Well, 
off to the left. I was going to say stage right, but I don't know. I don't know my stage right. direction, so I'd be totally BSing right now. Um, <laughs> well, I think it could be. Well, it says uh, you know in researching this, you know, the painting says that he's on the 135th floor. So, I mean, he could definitely be looking down at the Golden Gate, and we're just not seeing that angle. And but. Like I said, it's just sort of like a background conversation going on about this particular scene uh, where he's looking out at that painting from that movie. Right. So one of the one of the uh, tips or uh, things we should really throw out there is to is uh, for Google to enhance Google Maps to put in fictional places into Ooh. Google Maps. Right. That would be a cool little option. That'd be cool. To check yeah. Off, like, Right. All right. Show me Kirk's apartment. Show me Starfleet Academy. Show me, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You can do it from a gazillion movies of all these. Oh yeah, definitely. And, or even real life places that were used, you know, used it, you know, reused as as fictional locations in, in films. I think that would be a right. That'd be a fun project. So, someone at Google, get on that, please. <laughs> Feel free to give us credit. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, so we obviously we pan across Kirk's apartment and we see antiques all over the place i mean galore right i mean guns on the wall that are definitely from i don't know 19th 18th 19th century and you know musket type you know powder uh, guns with uh looks like little powder yeah powder fillers bags. powder bags for the guns and uh a lot of nautical you know the the ships on the wall the 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 spot the eyeglass and the lantern, a lot of a lot of nautical themed, which I think brings back to something you know I read about Nicholas Meyer was that he definitely wanted to put more of the navy feel to this movie, which reflects the uniforms. It's definitely more military military style uniform of you know naval looking, and I think he's definitely achieved that here with a lot of these props. Agreed, and I had read some of that too. That uh, I think Nicholas was using was it Horatio Hornblower as an yes. inspiration for yes. all that stuff. And, yeah, uh, just going back to those the, the pistols and everything on the wall. I the first thing I thought of it, as you, even as you were describing, I'm like, oh, pirates! Like pirates had right. muskets and stuff, yep. right? So that was that that definitely oh, yeah. would fit in with the rest of what's going on in the room. Um, I think one of the um, one of the fun antiques that's in the room, and, and I don't know if this is a, if this is supposed to be his antique, or it was just somebody in the prop department setting up Kirk's personal computer. Yes. But, I, but that computer in the background that's, again, you know, by the windows is actually a Commodore PET or PET computer. Right. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure, uh, you know, computer nerds out there are like, yeah. Uh, but I wonder if that's supposed to be an antique, because it's turned on. Um, yes. Is yeah. it supposed to be an antique, or is that actually just supposed to be, you know, that, um, what's it, the, you know, the retro-looking sci-fi <laughs> Uh, it's supposed to be. You know, we're supposed to think it's his actual personal computer. Yeah, that's a good good point. I was I took it as it was an antique, just mm-hmm. because based on the items that he had. But it could be just saving the budget. Someone found one in a junk store somewhere, and you know, set it up, and you know, hey, here's here's Kirk's computer in the in the 21st century or the 23rd century. Sure. Our friend uh, uh, Brandon. Uh, Probably get a kick out of that one because I know he was a yes. Commodore 64 fan when uh, we were uh, in junior high. So that uh, he's, he's probably like, "Oh yeah, I wanted one of those." Right. Anyway, yes. Shout out to Brandon. All right. So uh, Kirk answers the door, and uh, who who's there but uh, McCoy bearing gifts? Bearing gifts. But before, just before we get to McCoy, um, 
as he's, oh yes, all yes, the, all this right, all the stuff here as he's walking around, and I think you mentioned it uh, off air was you know what the uh, where's Waldo of all this all these antiques and all these yeah. things on the wall, and but one of the things that uh, I noticed uh, by his front door there's like a I want to say it's like an umbrella stand because it's full of yes um, sticks and I don't know, walking stick, but it looks like there's a lacrosse stick in there too. Uh, so I'm not quite sure what, what all of that's supposed to be, if it's just supposed to be decorative or if those things in there are functional and he takes those out when he goes out. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a couple things like as soon as, you know, yeah, that he gets to the door, it's that, and it's the painting or is it a painting or it's, it's the large object in the left hand side, mm-hmm. you know, they're sort of over on that left hand side of the scene and right on the edge there is I'm assuming some sort of painting but I can't really make out what it is or it's just sort of like on a pole yeah. up against the wall and it looks like a study in brown <laughs> yeah exactly I mean it no looks like someone took a crayon and just <laughs> you know marked up the paper over and over again and that's always sort of it's these little things that now that we're going through the movie minute by minute and you see and you're like oh that's bugging me like what is that? What is that? And you know, it's hard to, you know, it's but it's as good as you know tools like Google search, image search are. You know, it's still these, even in these shots, you can't get a really crisp, you know, snapshot of what these things are. Cause there's another painting right. too uh, over by the lacrosse stick. Um, right. Yeah. That that to me looks like a, from here looks like an Andrew Wyeth painting, but that's only because I have an affinity for them. I'm like, ooh, that could be a Christina's world. I don't know. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes. McCoy so, comes in, beware Romulans bearing gifts. Yes. So this phrase um, is a – I don't know what the term is. Uh, he's paraphrasing a proverb, you know, beware Greeks bearing gifts, which is a reference to the Trojan horse. I tried to kind of rack my brain. I don't think there's really any Trojan horse references in this film per se. So it's you know, clearly just him you know, goofing on beware, beware uh, Greeks bearing gifts uh, right. with his birthday gift. But um, – and this is going to be this is I think one of the first of uh, there's several of these that happen throughout the film and actually throughout this I think the series of films where these these you know old 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 Earth proverbs adages are kind of reused and changed changed around yeah. to fit fit a more futuristic uh, vein. Yes. And, uh, I was trying to figure out is there a term for that? <laughs> there's a term for everything, right? So what what's the term for? Oh, you mean reusing or you know changing it changing a proverb around that's my homework for this episode <laughs> somebody must know what that is i need a linguist on staff yeah right exactly well i'm sure they have someone who um that's pretty much what their job is is to just scour through and you know this is definitely the start of that where we see this again and again through the remaining movies with different quotes from different authors different uh, time periods that are reused and sort of made their own into the 23rd century 24th century beyond um which i find good now but i find it bad later (laughs) so you mean mean they get worse as we go along that's what i feel like i feel like there's you know using them sporadically is great using them over and over again de-emphasizes the power behind it or the meaning behind it, I guess. Right. That's my opinion. Yep. Yeah. They're mashups. That's what the proper yes. mashups is what they are. Okay. So anyway, so 
so yeah, McCoy arrives with with a, a gift of uh, Romulan ale, which again is, seems to always be illegal. We don't ever. I don't know. Do we ever find out why Romulan ale is illegal? Is it because it's so strong? I, I just assume because Romulans are, you know, we were enemies with them, right? So it's, I guess, I never really thought about it. I think the the information I found out about Romulan ale is it's pretty damn powerful. So it could be just you know like a like drugs are illegal, right? Uh, True. Yeah. Maybe something along those lines. It's just a highly potent alcoholic beverage that humans they may think it's apple juice and for us it's you know it's you know 100 percent proof uh, alcohol right i like that romulan apple juice <laughs> that's how i'm gonna think of it from now on uh i do well it makes me think it, it makes me think of uh the movie um Oh, now I can't think of the name, so we'll have to move on. But it's the movie uh, with the aliens. They come to the planet, and they drink sour milk, and it's like their alcoholic beverage. Alienation? Alienation, yes. Alienation with uh, James Caan. And, you know, they drink that sour milk. And, you know, I just remember the scene where the guy's looking at him like, that is the most revolting stuff. And yet he's like, oh, this is a delicacy to us. And it's like one of those things, like, is that what Romulan ale is? It's like, you know, a Budweiser to them where it's, barely get you drunk and for us it's you know you have a sip and you're you're on the floor right right <laughs> that's great um romulan <laughs> ale i think the uh, also just of note this is the first time in the star trek uh, i always say universe but you know chronologically or in the series we'll just say the series that is star trek right from right the original series all the way to the enterprise series uh first time romulan ale is mentioned uh, by oh. name um Although the nerds have gone back and have suspect that in one of the old original series episodes, uh, the Enterprise incident, uh, that there is a blue Romulan drink that appears. Uh, it's at some kind of you know, uh, okay. setting, but it's not mentioned by name, so we're not sure if that is in fact the same drink in that episode. Mm. Uh, but this is the first time it's mentioned by name, and definitely not the last. Romulan ale, I think, comes up again and again uh, in movies and in, in future TV shows after, after this appearance. I got something I want to talk about um, wardrobe. Oh, <laughs> so you, know, you mean Shatner Hefner? Shatner Hefner. I like Shatner Hefner. I think he looks. He's casual. He looks. You know. He's it's it's it's, it's futuristic. But you're right. He's got a. Got he's, a got a he's got a smoking jacket on. Yes. Yep. Um, and it, I, I have no. I take no issue with with Shatner. I think he's it's it's that good balance of yes. Like, out of the, out of the two of them. He looks the most normal. Yeah, but when McCoy takes that coat off, what the hell is he wearing? Those pants. <laughs> he looks like he jumped out of the 70s, out of a Salvation Army in the 70s, right to the 23rd century. <laughs> I thought you were just about to say he jumped, looked like he just jumped out of a plane. Because <laughs> it's like a jumpsuit, but it's, it's just uh, whatever that... Well, it's design. almost like he's wearing stirrups. <laughs> I mean, he's got those like dark tan sides, and then I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like reverse chaps. You know that? Is yes. that what you're talking about? Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes, yes, reverse chaps. Yes, yeah, it's very distracting, and I find the rest, the whole rest of this scene, and unfortunately, it's like another minute or two. It's uh, <laughs> I, I, I keep looking at the pants, and it's really it bugs me. Yes, yes, yes. It, it just looks bad. Yes. Oh, yeah. 
So McCoy needs to. Anyway, happy when they're back in uniform. And, yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> and, and interestingly, though, the um, the uniform, the, both the, the the casual clothes, the uniform, these are all um, from a costume designer. Uh, it's Robert Fletcher. Um, and I, uh, Robert Fletcher, I guess, has gone. He's done uh, a bunch of stuff. Uh, he's he worked uh, worked on uh, Star Trek: The Motion Picture all the way through uh, Star Trek: Four: The Voyage Home. So he did all those costumes. Oh. Um, he took, you know, clearly, uh, if you remember the motion picture, right? Everybody had a, the, the outfits were the uniforms are completely different than yes, than that oh yeah, here. And I guess Nicholas Meyer, going back to that whole wanting to uh, emphasize the naval side of everything and the right. ratio hornblower, gave direction to uh, to to Robert and said, you know, I, I want I want those the uniforms to look different. Uh, so he he came up with the new uniforms, and those are I think everybody's a fan and. Those last through, what all the way through the sixth movie? Um, do they go to yes. generations? Do they wear them? In they do. They wear these outfits in generations when they are, even when they're launching. What is it? The Enterprise B. B. Um, yeah, when they're launching the Enterprise B, and yeah, they. Um, yeah, and I don't know they're wearing that. those, and even, even from when he's in the Nexus, yeah, he's wearing the same, right, the same outfit. Is, is he wearing the uniform outfit, or is like, he wearing this thing, the Hefner outfit? Well, no, I think he's wearing like the vest. Okay. Oh, he's right, wearing, right. He's wearing the pants, and uh, so yeah, so this permeates right through yeah generations. The handoff into the into the next uh, next movie. I don't know. It, it could be it could be our age, right? And and uh, you know, I was you know, I, I watched the original series as, as, a, as a little kid with my with my dad, right? Um, had, you know, so I love the you know the gold and blue and red uniforms. Um, I love the love the the, the naval uniforms in in the in the movies, right? To, to the point where I got a huge kick out of in watching Next Generation when they would have those little flashbacks or you know time travel ones, and, and people would show up from this era in the in in, in their uniforms from Rathacon. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I always get such a I'm like, oh, cool! It's the uniforms. I love those uniforms. And, um. Anyway, um, but we're going back to Robert Fletcher. I was just looking through his his uh. His, his resume of all the stuff he's done. Uh, uh, one one thing that came out that I, I chuckled at was that he did The Last Starfighter. Oh, nice movie. Yeah, yes. Movie, right? I'm like, oh, I need yes. to watch that again. Yep. Anyway, Ooh. Uh, but yeah, a lot, I, of, a lot of Star Trek and Last Star. Actually, I can kind of see that a little bit because the uniforms that they wear in the outfit were kind of almost i'm trying to think like were they a little similar to what mccoy is wearing i was gonna say color scheme i was thinking more like the motion picture like you're talking about when he has his uniform on he's got the helmet and all the stuff when he's actually yeah Uh, yeah i feel like it was more uh motion picture-esque but it's been uh, don't quote me on that because mm, i haven't seen the last star in forever Um, oh i'm just i have the i have the minute as i usually do in the background on loop and Oh, just McCoy when he walks in with those bell bottoms. I mean, they are some flared out bell bottoms he's got going on with the white shoes. I mean, did he raid uh, Randy Quaid's shoe shoe box from uh, vacation? <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> those white shoes. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, but uh, you know what? You you're right. Just uh, as you're <clears throat> as you're talking, I just uh, took a look. Last last Starfighter uniforms. Yeah, look like what McCoy's wearing right now. Yeah. So oh, good call. Um, 
<laughs> anyway, as we <laughs> as we it's move on, move move on through the minute, and yeah, so he's uh, obviously this is a birthday. I don't know if it's impromptu birthday party on McCoy's uh, part. You know, bring him over some uh, Romulan ale, and so he says this line. You know, I only use it for medicinal purposes, yeah. and I've listened to it a couple times, and I think I know what he says because the word makes sense, but I just want to make sure it's what I think it is. So he says, I got, got aboard a, a ship that brings me in a case every now and again across the neutral zone. Now, don't be a prig. Mm-hmm. Is it prig? It is prig. Okay, because I listened to it a bunch of times, and I've heard it before, and I always thought it was that, but I just want to make sure he's not saying prick. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, don't be a prick here, Jim. Well, uh, coincidentally, I, I've always been very comfortable. Like, oh yeah, he's saying prick, and I always assumed it was some, um, you know, you know, space future version of prick. Right. <laughs> but but I, I did look it up. I did look it up today. Yes. Like, well, okay. What does prick mean? And it's it's actually it's uh, a self righteously moralistic person. Right. Um, so it's it fits the context fits. <laughs> yeah, it definitely fits. And you know, I, I knew that, and I just wanted to, you know, is he? Well, we sure is not saying prick. <laughs> Calling Jim a prick. Yep. No prick. Like the uh, Galactus, Galactica's uh, fracking. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so then, you know, as he moves on, we move on through the minute. It's, uh, you know, we, it, it reads off 2283 uh, is the, I'm assuming the year it was, it was brewed and uh, fermented. And uh, yeah, it takes a while for the stuff to ferment. And then he hands uh, Kirk another, another gift. And this is where we're going to start getting into – we're going to see little changes between the theatrical version, which is what we've been watching, and uh, the director's edition. So he hands him the, the gift, and uh, you know he, he pulls it out, and it's the glasses. Um, right. One of the things McCoy says is uh, – he says that's not in the theatrical version. He says, uh, more antiques for your collection. And uh, – he says, uh, oh, Bones, they're, they're, this is charming. And he says, they're 400 years old. You don't find many with the lens intact. Yep. And Kirk says, what is it? And uh, McCoy says, well, they're for your eyes. Which is then when we pick up with uh, you know, McCoy saying, uh, for most patients of your age, I generally administer uh, or recommend Retinax 5. Yep. So there's that little brief interlude of, more backstory in the director's edition that we don't see in the theatrical version. Uh, uh, version, and we're definitely going to see more of these little interesting things that uh, Meyer took out for the theatrical version, put back in for the director. I always find it interesting when they splice out just sentences in a conversation, right? Right. Yeah, and they filmed it, it. And it fits perfectly. I mean, you know, watching it again and again, I definitely see. You know, it flows even when they originally, you know, the theatrical version, it flows perfectly. Um, and then when I watch the direct decision, it still flows. And I, you know, I got a little more information, but, you know, I just don't understand, you know, maybe they had to save a couple of seconds here, but it, that's basically all this conversation is. And it's interesting to note, like, why doesn't, uh, uh, you know, this make it into the movie? Right. Obviously, we see he's a big antique aficionado. What's the harm in saying like more antiques for your collection? You know, build up on that persona that is Kirk. What what is the reason for cutting out, you know, three or four lines here? Right. Although I will say, uh, probably in the whole movie, this is my least favorite scene in the movie. I find it a little boring. 
Well, I, yeah. I know I know it's character building. I know why it's there. It's you know it's right. to understand more about why what's what the hell is Kirk's problem. I think we, we've talked about it already in the past few minutes. Uh, but I, as a kid, I found the scene boring, and even now as an adult, I'm still like, oh, let's get on with it. Uh, I think you know the last couple of minutes, and I said it. I think I may have said it last minute or the minute before. It's just I feel like we're yeah we're definitely doing a lot of dialogue between characters and we're building on their personas we're building on you know kirk and savick in minute uh minute eight you know kirk and spock's friendship in minute nine and now we see kirk and mccoy and as we see in minute 11 you know which is more of this dialogue we're going to see more building on their relationship and uh you know you know mccoy getting you know a little mad at him and uh you know I, I I like these scenes for what they're giving us. Yeah, is it a boring scene? Is it's fun to laugh at McCoy's outfit and the Romulan ale jokes and yeah, it's boring, but it, it it does serve a purpose of building on you know the characters and building up things that we may see again. I use it again, foreshadowing to things that may happen later in the movie. Right, it's definitely setting the stage. Right, it's just more of the yes. character development. And, yeah, agreed. Um, so one of the things that I think this minute ends on right where. Uh, is you know Kirk saying uh, I'm allergic to Rednecks Five and or Red Rednecks Rex. yeah and, uh, just could could he sound more like a little kid there <laughs> yeah but I'm allergic to Rednecks <laughs> anyway, it just makes you chuckle when he does that yes uh, so yeah I think that's um I think that's all for minute ten right that yeah this is the end of minute ten do you have anything else that you wanted to you no know? I think we went over a lot of the different things that I think we you know. We talked about and uh, just it always makes me it always makes me laugh going back and watching these minutes over and over again and just you know you find one thing that you 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 didn't remember the the you know the umpteenth time you know you've seen this movie and just and I may have chuckled back then but just seeing it again and watching it and just you know like McCoy walking in with those bell bottom you know watching Kirk with that Hugh Hefner smoking jacket on it just you know yeah I'm. I think going through this journey with you, I think I'm appreciating the movie even more than I already have, and I'm I'm really liking that dynamic. Yeah, I agree too. And granted, we're only we're only ten minutes into the film, but I right, uh, uh, it's not uh, it's not killing it for me, right? It's it's if any, right, yeah. I feel like it's enhancing it. So I'm 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 uh, uh, I'm digging it. So yeah, so yeah, I'm I'm good. I All right. Hope that everyone had a good Memorial Day weekend and cooked out and had some hamburgers, hot dogs, and um, yeah. yeah um, oh, just wanted to note as we, you know, would be remiss to uh, uh, put a shout out to our fellow Minute brethren with, you know, Star Wars Minute, Back to the Future Minute, uh, Indiana Jones Minute, Jaws Minute, uh, the No Longer to Be Found Goodfellas Minute, and the new one coming online, the Alien Minute, which uh, I, I got a chance to listen to their first minute and uh, I felt like they did a really good job. And I'm very excited for that. Uh, Aliens has always been one of those love hate movies because i absolutely love the movies but i am so freaked out by them that i hate watching them because i know i'll have nightmares uh i completely agree it, and i yeah i'm yeah i think they're getting a lot of buzz for uh, coming online i think they're coming online in a couple of weeks and uh, uh i'm looking forward to hearing it and um uh I'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to watch them and then which is kind of yeah i know it's gonna scary. force me to go back and watch the whole movie again and I don't know if I'm loving that. Uh, yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, all right, well, great. Well, then we'll wrap it up. Um, we'll be back again on Wednesday. Uh, back June 1st is Wednesday, so we'll be back uh, back on back in the next month. Um, 
And uh, in the meantime, we've uh, got a whole bunch of places you can check us out. And uh, we're on uh, wrathofconminute.com. We're on Twitter at WOK Minute. You can find us on Facebook, the Wrath of Con Minute podcast. Um, and we're also going to be probably setting up a, uh, uh, I think, an Instagram, too, because I think we're finding all sorts of, uh, as we're starting to talk about behind-the-scenes things, uh, especially even today's episode, talking about the Towering Inferno. Uh, right, yeah. Dropping those those um, skyscrapers and stuff. I found some interesting uh, behind-the-scenes footage of those or pictures of that stuff. So well, I wanted to get those up online. So uh, we'll probably be heading on to Instagram as well. Um We'd love to hear from you guys, so please feel free to drop us a note on any of those. Um, you can also reach us. Uh, our, our email address is podcast at rathaconminute.com. Uh, so we'd love to hear from you. And uh, uh, yep, check us out on iTunes. And you know, if you could, you know, put up a you know a review. Five stars are always welcome, but you know, <laughs> reviews are fantastic, and we love that. Absolutely, it'll help out the show. And, uh, and so yeah, so until then, um, we'll see you on on Wednesday uh, here at the. Wrath of Khan Minute.